Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Nigeria, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we analyse some big news in African football, as Senegal's Fatma Samoura has been appointed as FIFA Secretary General, the first woman and the first African to be given the powerful post. I give her all the best, and I'll support her, and I believe that that is the way forward. Here we hear from fans in Kenya, and Stuart names his three most promising African players of the just-ended English Premier League season. You'd have to start with. Kelechi Ikanetsu of Manchester City, who's you know got six starts and seventeen appearances off the bench in the Premier League. Also, we ask her what does the future hold for Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger after his team takes second place on the final day. But we start off with huge news for African football, as Senegal's Fatma Samoura has been appointed as FIFA Secretary General, the first woman and the first African to be in the post. With the powers of the FIFA president now somewhat limited, Samoura is now arguably the most powerful person in world football. She is effectively the chief executive officer of world football. Now, Samoura is 54. She spent 21 years working for the United Nations, and this is a surprise move as she's not a football person. But FIFA president Gianni Infantino says she will come in as a breath of fresh air. Now, with FIFA aiming to recover from a corruption scandal, governance is a key issue. Also, FIFA has been male-dominated and Europe-dominated, so Samora's appointment is likely to see FIFA president Infantino gain friends in Africa. Well, it's big news. This, how much of a surprise is it? Would you say, Solomon? Wow, Steve,、uh, that is definitely a huge, huge surprise. You know, an unknown name, if I may say that. If you look at the history of football, most of the football officials with FIFA have, in one way or the other, been in, involved in football, either locally in their local FA, or、uh, from a business perspective, or for, or from a professional or playing perspective. FIFA president Gianni Infantino has really surprised a whole lot of people by making those appointments, and、uh, is definitely going to go down as one of the most surprising and, and shocking、uh, appointments of all time in FIFA. Though FIFA is looking. Into you know the different areas of reformation, and I guess this is just a part of it. And、uh, how big would you say that this is for Africa, Solomon? This is very big for Africa, Steve. The closest we came to really having a, a huge appointment in FIFA was the acting president's、uh, capacity that、uh, CAF president Issa Hayatu played after、uh, Seb Blatter was suspended. And、uh, we're also talking about、uh, an appointment、uh, of a woman, and we look at the African continent where the female gender has not enjoyed leadership、uh, opportunities as much as、uh, the male gender, and that is why for me is really a big for Africa. And Africans are definitely going to celebrate this appointment,、uh, knowing that there is an African who is in a place of leadership. Uh, who is like a gatekeeper who would make very important decisions? An African that really understands Africa. But、uh, Fatma Samoura has no football background, so she comes in as an outsider.、Uh, she will have big, big decisions to make. So, do you think it's going to work out? 
for me, if you talk about being the Secretary General of FIFA, uh, that is definitely an appointment or a position that has to do a lot with administration and managing projects. And for me, less to do with your knowledge of football. Uh, if you definitely uh, has a huge football knowledge, that is a huge plus. But we're talking about here implementing policies, uh, following up and, and looking at projects and making decisions and following up on the projects and making sure FIFA is transparent, making sure uh, FIFA is available to everybody, making sure everything is working effectively, making sure there is no room for any sort of corruption. I feel with her job and experiences with the United Nations, you know, she is definitely going to uh, come out and, and, and work for it. And it will surprise you also that within the next two years, she would acquire so much football knowledge, uh, you know, around uh, FIFA that it would be so easy for her to be able to, uh, you know, to, to work in this community and in this fraternity. And I feel that the neutrality that she brings in is definitely going to work out for FIFA, especially where FIFA is, is, is at right now, uh, trying to rebuild after the huge scandal. Well, that's certainly a key issue, I'd say. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Josfet Kiyoko has been speaking to people in Mombasa, Kenya, to get their views on the appointment of Senegal's Fatma Samora to the post of FIFA Secretary General. Now, the first woman speaking here refers to the game of bridge. Uh, that's a popular card game, by the way. My name is Monica Solanki, and I congratulate my sister from Senegal. I give her all the best and I'll support her and I believe that that is the way forward. We need ladies who run all the organizations to show the world that we are able to do it and I believe she must be a very good manager that she has been put on this chair. Thank United you. Nations, she has been there for years so she has international knowledge. You don't need to know about the game. What you need to know is how to organize the things. So I believe that is the way forward. I once organized uh, all African bridge championship. And I think till today I'm the only person in that hall, 250 people from all Africa I organized. Till today I have no clue about bridge. But I was able to organize because I was not, my attention was not diverted to watch the bridge. Because mine was to organize that everything behind the scenes is running smoothly. So I believe that is the way forward for FIFA also. And I wish them all the best for that one. I think this is very good. Firstly, uh, it's a lady. And uh, for the first time we're seeing a woman climbing up the ladders of uh, FIFA. That is good news. And then secondly, it's Africa. So we look forward to have some positive changes because, let's be honest, the men have not been able to deliver in that area. Either they've been corrupt or they've not been willing, and that has been the biggest, biggest problem when it comes to African soccer. And we just hope that she'll be able to wrap some magic into matters FIFA when it comes to Africa. Is it matter if she has no football background? It really doesn't matter. Leadership has got nothing to do with uh, history in terms of uh, she just needs to be a fan and she needs to understand a bit of football, that's it. We have had people who have played football, but uh, they've been all been uh, found with all sorts of uh, uh, corruption allegations, the likes of Michael Platini, which is uh, unfortunate. What matters is you have passion for the sport, and I believe the lady has a passion for the sport. Uh, I, I'm not an expert in sport, and I don't think my uh, I have so much I can tell in terms of input why they were selected in those positions, but I believe as a Secretary General, it's more the administrative role. She has probably gone through a thorough um, recruitment process, but it's good to see women now um, given more prominent uh, role and then responsibilities. Uh, I, and I'm sure that probably she will 
thrive to her challenges. I feel like women are, 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 are competent. Let's just hire them the best and then give them the position and also give them the challenge. If they, they rise to the occasion, then promote them. Okay, now that you're from Burundi, mm-hmm. there's also another lady who is in FIFA. Yes, yeah. yes, but she is only one person sitting on that committee. So mm-hmm. once again, is, is it truly representative? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's Planet Sport Football Africa's Josfat Kiyoko speaking to people in Mombasa, Kenya. And the last lady there was referring to Lydia Nsekera from Burundi. She's a powerful figure in world sport, the first woman to become a FIFA executive committee member, and also she holds the prestigious position of member of the International Olympic Committee. Well, you can tell us what you think about this on WhatsApp and on Facebook. How proud are you to have an African woman in such a powerful position in world football? Does it matter to you that she has no experience in football administration? And will the appointment of Fatma Samora make FIFA president Gianni Infantino popular in Africa? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Now, this decision was made at the FIFA Congress in Mexico, and among the other business, there was something that will be very important for many African football federations. The FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, presented FIFA Forward. Now, this is an overhaul of FIFA's football development programs, and FIFA will increase its investment to five million U.S. dollars to each member association over a four-year cycle for football projects and support for running costs. This is an increase from one million. Dollars over four years. The use of funds will be monitored closely, says FIFA, and all member associations will be required to publish independent audits of their finances. So what this means is that instead of a quarter of a million dollars a year, each football federation will now get one and a quarter million dollars per year. That's an extra million dollars every year. It means a lot here in Zimbabwe, and I'm sure to many other federations around Africa that are struggling financially. Good news, Solomon. You know, I think is it will go a long way, and also to use some of this money to support local uh, projects. You know, like. Uh, football projects, women football projects, youth football projects, uh, schools football projects, you know, around uh, around the, 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 the country and, and also to be able to support, uh, you know, the, like the national team in, in areas where, where, where uh, you know, you need that. So there's a whole lot of needs and, and believe it or not, some football federations in Africa don't even have enough money to pay for their office accommodation. Uh, and so, so this would definitely go a long way. Absolutely. And they have to account for the money. So FIFA is demanding professionalism from federations. Federations. Yes, they definitely have to account for the money. And, and I'm, I totally agree with FIFA d- demanding professionalism from uh, the federations. You know, there, there needs to be some sort of accountability. Uh, I feel that would also really help uh, different football associations uh, to, to really uh, get to a place of professionalism. Uh, and you don't have to uh, run it like an amateur uh, office. So I totally agree with FIFA. You know, we need to be able to make sure that this monies are used in the right way. Well, thanks, Solomon, and uh, we can certainly do with that money here in Zimbabwe. Uh, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And have you downloaded our new app? If you miss the show, you can listen anytime on our app. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
Then once you've got the app, you can listen to the show there and past episodes on demand as well. So to download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa, and you can listen to the show any time. Uh, note that you will incur airtime charges if you're not connected to a wireless network. You can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and you can follow us on Twitter, at PlanetSportFA. You can keep in touch with news about the show and African football news on Twitter, at PlanetSportFA. Well, still to come, Stuart names his three most promising African players of the English Premier League season and the three biggest disappointments. And now this might be a bit controversial, but I'm going to say Wilfred Bonney. Oh, well, uh, Stuart will explain more later. Uh, but now we turn to WhatsApp and to Facebook. On last week's show, we featured an interview with African football great El Haji Jouf. Jouf was a key member of the Senegal side that reached the quarterfinals of the 2002 World Cup. He played at top clubs including Liverpool, Bolton and Blackburn Rovers. Uh, but despite his superb talent, he was involved in several controversies and was disliked by many football fans. So we asked you for your memories of Jouf's playing days and your thoughts on how good a player he was. Well, Lamine Yusufa Kale in The Gambia says, When I remember Juf, my mind goes straight to Senegal against France in the 2002 World Cup. The way that Juf was dictating the game was wonderful. Absolutely, uh, Lamine, and that was a memorable 1-0 win over the defending champions France. Uh, that was in the opening game of the 2002 World Cup. Alfred Mdimba in Malawi also remembers that. Uh, he says Juf was the architect of that win. Christian Ocon in Nigeria says he was a strong player but controversial and Donald in Cameroon has a similar view. I sincerely enjoyed his jokes on the pitch, says Donald, but I became very angry with him when he spat in the face of a certain player that I can't remember. Uh, I think, Donald, you're referring to the time when Juf was playing for Liverpool against Celtic uh, when he spat at a Celtic fan and was then banned and fined. And that theme of Juf being a skillful but controversial player is picked up by many this week. Abli Osise in The Gambia says Juf is a pure talent, but his rows with Cesc Fabregas and Steven Gerrard still linger in my mind. He had a great spell with big Sam Allardyce at Bolton before joining Liverpool. I'm sure football fans will not forget him. Moses, also in the Gambia, says my memories of El Haji Juf were at the World Cup in 2002 and the Africa Cup of Nations that same year when he was best player. Also, I can't forget when he was massacring my Gambia in an AFCON qualifier. Uh, though that was painful, he was at his best at that time, not forgetting his time at Liverpool too. Barnabas Ande in Nigeria says Juf was a phenomenon during his playing days, but I can't forget his constant beefs with referees and players and when he was spitting at fans. But it seems there's also another side to Juf that doesn't get the same publicity as his controversies. Bakari Jaju in the Gambia says, well, my memory of Juf's playing days was around 2001 and upward. He's a very good and talented footballer and took Senegal to another level in terms of the game. 
On the pitch, they said he's rude, but off the pitch, like in Senegal, they said he's so kind. I can remember our one game as the Gambia with them in Senegal, and Juf is the one who bought tickets for all the Gambian fans who went there to watch the game. Well, he is involved in many controversies, that's true, but in my opinion, he's a very good and talented footballer. Well, thanks for that insight, uh, Bakary. Alpha Jallo, also in the Gambia, focuses on Juve's positive aspects. Uh, he says, yes, he was a very controversial player, but the fact of the matter is that he was very good, and I even think he won the best player in Africa for two times. Yeah, that's right, Alpha. He took the African Player of the Year award twice in 2001 and in 2002. From Sierra Leone, Desmond Tunde Koka says, Oh yes, he was a great and talented player during his playing days. He did well in Africa and in Europe, and I enjoyed his days at Liverpool. Uh, Sana Jaune in the Gambia says Juf was his role model at school. He's a very talented player, one of the best in Africa, says Sana. I remember his displays at the 2002 Nations Cup and World Cup. Uh, then I was going to primary school in those days, and me and my friends pretended to be like him. <laughs> That's a great story, Sana. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Ebrima in the Gambia says, Yes, it's true, Jufer was really a fantastic player at national and club level, but he was not a professional. For someone to qualify as a professional, you must have ethics and discipline and respect. Without that, it's zero. And sadly, Juf lacked that professionalism, says Ebrima. And finally, Olatunde Adeleka, a Nigerian living in the Gambia, sums it all up, saying El Hadji Juf was a great player during his days. I still remember the 2002 World Cup where he and Kalilu Fadiga worked so hard on the pitch, especially against France. And their hard work brought more respect to African football after that of Cameroon at the 1990 World Cup. Apart from his involvement in several controversies, he was a great player, strong and fast, and he always knew what to do with the ball whenever he had it. Well, thanks so much for all those comments on Senegal's El Hadji Juf. This week we're asking what you think about Senegal's Fatma Samoura being appointed as FIFA Secretary General, the first woman and the first African to be in the post. Now, how proud are you to have an African woman in such a powerful position in world football? Does it matter to you that she has no experience in football administration? And will this help to make FIFA President Gianni Infantino popular in Africa? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, to the English Premier League now, and the season ended with Leicester taking the title by a huge margin of 10 points. Only four times has it been won by a bigger margin. Arsenal took second place, Tottenham third, Man City fourth, and a place in the UEFA Champions League. And then the Europa League spots going to Manchester United and to Southampton. Our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us on the line from the UK. And now, Stuart, we've talked a lot about Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger during the course of the season. With the Gunners snatching second place on the final day, where does this leave Wenger? Well, the rumour is that he's been offered a new contract. And it's strange, really, because he has certainly polarised the Arsenal supporters this year with protests against him and then others protesting against the protest against him. But 
If you could have predicted at the beginning of the season that Chelsea would finish with 50 points, that Manchester United revival wouldn't really happen, and that Manchester City would get less points than they've got in any of the recent seasons, you would have thought, Arsenal, it's there for the taking. And you know, for Arsenal perhaps not to win the league this year, when their main rivals failed, is probably a pretty disappointing outcome. Arsenal, ironically, beat Leicester home and away, which gives them a six-point advantage over Leicester, which means really the reason that Arsenal didn't win the league is that they simply lost too many games to other teams. You know, Leicester lost three games in the season, two of them to Arsenal. Arsenal lost seven games. Arsenal drew 11 games. And it's just points that are being dropped in games that Arsenal really were playing teams who were inferior to them. And you know, I think you have to say, who's to blame for that? Is it the players? Is it Arsene Wenger for not putting out the right players, not getting the right system? I think many people would feel, and I would agree, that Arsenal will perhaps never have a better chance of winning the league than this year. And somehow it didn't happen. You know, in one of the things I did on Arsene Wenger earlier in the year, I quoted one of the Arsenal supporters as saying that had Arsene Wenger left 10 years ago, he'd been the greatest manager ever at Arsenal. But because he's gone through so many years with new trophies, his reputation is tarnished. But it doesn't look as if he is disposed to walk away. And, you know, perhaps it would be for the best for Arsenal if he did leave at the end of the season and they, they had a fresh start. Steve, I've been thinking a bit about Spanish managers in the Premier League. We've got three of them, and it hasn't gone very well this year because Rafa Benitez at Newcastle was relegated, Roberto Martinez at Everton, and Kiki Flores at Watford have been sacked. So not a good year for Spanish managers. No, and I really can't understand why Flores was fired by Watford after such a good season. They're back in the top flight. An entertaining story here, uh, a Man United fan from Sierra Leone who travelled 4,800 kilometres to Old Trafford to watch United play Bournemouth was left in tears after the game was postponed because of a bomb scare. Uh, But the fan named Moses was helped to watch the rescheduled fixture last Tuesday and to attend the FA Cup final thanks to a campaign by Manchester United supporters. He'd been invited by friends at the Man United Supporters Trust to watch the the match and they got together to make amends and to give him two games instead of one in the end so isn't that great um, anyway looking back at the season Stuart uh, we talked uh, in detail about the top African players especially Riyad Mahrez of Leicester and Algeria taking the PFA player of the year award also there are some rising stars who deserve a mention yeah well I think you'd have to start with Kelechi Ikanecho of Manchester City, who's you know got six starts and 17 appearances off the bench in the Premier League. He scored seven goals in the Premier League. He's also played in the FA Cup, getting a hat-trick in one game. And interestingly, when Manchester City were chasing the Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid, it was Ihenaccio who was brought off the bench. So I think he's gone on massively this season. And I, I would not be at all surprised if the Nigerian gets a regular starting place next season. And of course, he is at the moment only 19. Now, another Nigerian who's caught the eye is Alex Awobi at Arsenal. Again, he started eight games 
for Arsenal and come off the bench a number of times. He's scored two goals. He's also got appearances in the Champions League. And now, you just need to understand the size of the Manchester City and Arsenal first-team squad. You're talking about perhaps 40 players. And for a young player to break in and to get that number of starts, it really is quite something. And my third one is Bertrand Traore, Burkina Faso, who's at Chelsea. Now, he's only had two starts in the Premier League, plus a number of bench appearances. He's got a couple of goals, and he's also scored a couple of goals in the FA Cup. Uh, And again, he's only 20, so he's got a great career ahead of him. And uh, I think we may see more of him next year as well. Well, we look forward to seeing what uh, Alex Iwobi, Kelechi Iheanacho and Bertrand Traore will do next season. Uh, good times ahead for them, you'd think. Uh, there are, though, a few Africans who've disappointed this season. Well, yes, I've got to start with Marwan Shamak, who was at Arsenal playing for Crystal Palace. Now, in the two previous years, he played 42 games for Palace, but he only got one start this year. So he seems to have dropped out of it a little bit. And now this might be a bit controversial, but I'm going to say Wilfred Bonney. Now, Bonney has appeared on the on the pitch for Manchester City 25 times this season. He scored four goals. But, you know, I think the Ivorian is falling behind Ihanecho in the packing order. You know, I think that next year we will see Ihanecho and Aguero as the lead strikers and um, Wilfred Bonney just fighting for places off the bench. And... I'd also pick out two people at West Ham, Victor Moses and Alex Song. Now, uh, Victor Moses, the Nigerian, Alex Song, the Cameroon player. And neither of them really made the impact at West Ham this season that I expected them to. And while we're still waiting for a formal decision, the rumour is that neither of those who are actually both on loan at West Ham will be kept on next season interesting that Victor Moses and Alex Song have played for some big clubs, uh, Song for Barcelona, Arsenal and so on, Moses for Chelsea and Liverpool, but never really managed to establish themselves as a regular starting place with any of their clubs. Yes, certainly uh, they did not live uh, up to expectations. Uh, Now, the January transfer window can be a key time for clubs, uh, Stuart, midway through the Premier League season. Uh, What's your analysis of uh, some of the signings made there? Well, Steve, I've come up with my good, my bad and my maybe. I think Sunderland have been the most successful in the transfer window uh, because they signed three players, Dam Doyle from Senegal, Lamin Kone, Ivorian, and Wahib Kazri, a French-born Tunisian player. And, you know, all of those have made real impacts. All of them have been regulars in the team, scoring goals. And those three have really helped Sunderland improve greatly over the crucial last few games. And I'd also mention the Egyptian Mohamed Elneny. Now, when he signed for Arsenal, I was expecting him to be very much a squad player, but he's actually started most of the game since that, and he's making a real impact. Now, the ones that I would say maybe, the ones where the jury is still out, would be Togo's Adebayor at Crystal Palace. I mean, he scored one goal, been on the pitch 11 times, had some impact, but perhaps not as much as he might have done. Similarly, Emmanuel Emaniki, 
who's on loan at West Ham, the Nigerian. And again, I think there are questions as to whether that loan will be extended. He's not scored. He's started five games, a few off the bench. Similarly, Nordin Amrabat, the Moroccan at Watford, struggled to hold down a regular place in the team. Let's see what happens with him. And now I have picked out three that I think really have been a waste of money and just have not lived up to the promise. Let's start with Everton, who signed the Senegal player Omar Niassi for nearly $20 million. And he'd only started one game and only even come off the bench three times. So, you know, not really much of an impact. You know, we noted that Newcastle had signed the Roma player Ivorian Sedudumia, uh, who had been playing in Russia, and he has yet to start a game. He's actually only got on the pitch as a sub 32 minutes since his signing in January, so not really a great success there. Well, frustrating for Newcastle fans as they enter the season with a thumping 5-1 win over Tottenham when they were already relegated, though. Big congratulations to Barcelona fans, by the way, winning La Liga for the sixth time in eight seasons. 40 league goals for Luis Suarez, the top scorer in the whole of Europe. Uh, Tough for Liverpool fans, losing the Europa League final 3-1 to Sevilla. The Spanish side winning it for a third season in a row. That means no European football for Liverpool next season. The FA Cup final on this Saturday, Man United against Crystal Palace. The following Saturday, the 28th. It's the UEFA Champions League final, Real Madrid against Atletico Madrid. Uh, Then there's Euro 2016 from the 10th of June to the 10th of July and the Olympics in August. So a lot to look forward to. Well, that's it for the show. But on WhatsApp and on Facebook this week, we're asking, what do you think about Senegal's Fatma Samoura being appointed as FIFA Secretary General, the first woman and the first African to be in the post? How proud are you to have an African woman in such a powerful position? And will this help to make FIFA President Gianni Infantino popular in Africa? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.